Shalom, I am Alan. And I am Leontine. Alan and I are professional tour guides, friends, and immigrants to Israel. In this podcast, we talk about everything Israel and our life here. I moved to Israel, fulfilling a lifelong dream after 30 years as a trial lawyer in Memphis, Tennessee. And I have a lot to say about my homeland. And I was born in Holland, then lived and worked as a licensed tour guide in France and ended my journey living and working in Israel. Yalla, let's go! Shalom, Ellen. Shalom, Leontine, and uh, Shavua Tov. A good week to you. How are you? I'm uh, good. That's a funny question to ask. You know, I met a lady on the street, a friend of mine, and uh, I was pretty, I don't know, I, maybe I'd just come from a good lunch, and I said, hey, how are you? And she thought I was a little too chipper for being in the middle of a war, and she said, is that, the, is that an appropriate question to ask during these times? And I thought about it, and I said to her, <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're now day 114 of the war. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's okay. We're, we're, we're trying to live. We're living within the context of a war. So it's, uh, it's a little, um, it's okay to particularly be interested in how somebody is doing and to even be um, interested in talking about our life and the good things in our life. You know, if there's a wedding, you need to have a wedding. If there's a bris, my, my uh, niece, by the way, um, just had a baby boy and had ah, a bris. Tov. You know, in the Jewish tradition, the Jewish custom, no matter how hard things are, even when you have lost a parent or a child or a sibling and you're sitting shiva, you're mourning for that loss, you don't stop a wedding and you don't stop a bris, the covenant of uh, a Jewish boy at eight days, because life trumps death. Yeah. yeah. Um, so look, we're in that we're in that period of of living, living at a time of war, and it just reminds me of of my weekend, my Shabbat. Yesterday we had a lot of rain. You know, we had a lot of rain this past week, which is pretty pretty apropos because we're going into the springtime. We're in the winter winter showers that are bringing flowers. You know, last week we also celebrated uh, Tu B'Shvat, mm-hmm. which is the the holiday of the trees. And you can now see all around Jerusalem, the almonds are in bloom. So we've had a lot of rain this past week, and yesterday was no exception. You know, Diane and I go to the Tayelet, to my shul, to the promenade overlooking the old city on Saturday mornings. Um, and yesterday it was raining so hard we couldn't get out of the house. But then the sun came out at 10 in the morning, and we said, you know what, let's go. Let's hurry. Let's get to the Tayelet. We took uh, Shmuel with us. We didn't take the dog, so he's gotten <laughs> too old. And we're walking in the pouring rain, and Diane looks off, and she sees, she says, wow, look look over there. And we looked off towards the Temple Mount. You know, you can see the beautiful panorama of the city of Jerusalem. And we saw a complete arch of a rainbow. Wow. You know, sometimes you see part of it. Sometimes you see a lot of it up in the sky. But here we saw the complete arch beginning from the Temple Mount, from, uh, from the old city of Jerusalem, kind of on the ground, not, not way up in the sky, but coming off and going across the landscape into the new city. And it was a sign. It was a sign of, I think, optimism and, and hopefully good things ahead. 
we're recording this today, which is the 114th day of the war, but you might be listening to this uh, after uh, the 114th day. And hopefully maybe by the time our listeners are listening to this podcast, this, the hostages will be home and the war will be uh, uh, better under control. Let's That's hope my so. hope. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. How, how about you? How was your Shabbat, your weekend? Ah, my, so Shabbat was nice. We had friends that came for dinner. It was a lot of rain, as you said, so uh, we didn't go that much outside, a little bit, but not that much. Uh, we celebrated uh, also uh, the, f- the feast of the of the trees uh, with, uh, you know, you eat a lot of fruits and so on. So it's all, it's Some nice. Some people have a, a Seder, like, like we had a Passover. A Seder. Oh, yeah. you had a Seder? We had you a, had a little Seder. Seder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Shlomo prepared it. It was very nice. Um, and uh, so otherwise, uh, we're recording from my apartment today to make a change because usually we record nowadays from Alan's apartment but we uh, we had a little meeting with some colleagues this morning here in my apartment and we talking about what to do uh, with the fact that we're not working no income but we still managed to have a good time and to have a good meal and yes um, you made us yeah. shakshuka it was delicious yes yes and homemade cake and so on so that was nice um yeah so that was my uh, my week was not so bad yeah and what about uh, the war? Can you update us? Give us a kind of short yeah. summary of what's going on. Yeah. So the um, well, first of all, um, the army, the Israeli army, is now um, taking control all of Khan Yunes, which is an area in the south of the Gaza Strip. Um, very, very harsh, difficult fighting. Um, in the same time, there seems to be. Um, something going on where we seem to feel that maybe there there's going to be a release of hostages maybe uh there's going to be a ceasefire for a while it's we hear more and more about it we're not there yet definitely did you see that some of the uh residents of communists that are leaving they're they're chanting yeah uh, down with hamas yes they're finally uh finally they are they see the light and they are Yes, because what we learn is that um, all the aid that goes into all the uh, that goes into uh, into Gaza is actually um, received by people of the Hamas who take it and then keep most of it for themselves, and the rest they sell it for outrageous amounts. So that's guys, that's what's going on with the help that uh, Europe and America is uh, sending there. Uh, it all goes to Hamas, who then makes money out of it. So it's um, either keeps it for itself or makes money out of it. And of course, we followed all in Israel last week on Friday the um, uh, the first uh, verdict, you could say, of the, the international court in, in Den Haag, The Hague, uh, where, if I, you, you can uh, uh, correct me if you want, but what I understand is that they basically, I, I watched the verdict, but uh, it, you know, it's in judicial language, so it's not easy. But what I understand is that they say uh, the the Israeli army has to be very careful how they are uh, fighting this war and uh, Hamas sh- should release the hostages. So I know that the IDF is very careful about how they fight this war. So uh, my message is to the Hamas, okay, give us back the hostages. <laughs> Yes, bring yeah. them, bring them yes. home. And yes, we hope maybe by the time you're listening to this, uh, perhaps we have 
we've made progress on getting the hostages back. Um, so today, uh, we're going to talk, some, talk about something that's uh, near and dear to uh, Leontine's heart. Actually, it's quite fascinating to hear her uh, talk about uh, the topic of the tomb of uh, Helena of Adiabain. Uh, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that name, but uh, Leontine will correct me when she, when she tells you about those, uh, those tombs. Um, and it's near and dear to her heart because it has a, a uh, Israel uh, component connection and it has a, uh, a French connection. Yeah. So I'm sure, Leontine, when you guide in Israel, you can guide the tombs in Israel. When you guide in France, you can, you can guide and talk about it there as well. When you're exactly. In if you're lucky. Because that's the the thing. Because everybody, anybody that has <laughs> Leontine as a guide, whether in Paris or in yes, Jerusalem, yes, yes. is lucky. Is lucky. No, no. I mean, if you're lucky, if you're in France, if you are lucky, you will be see something about Helena. Ah, but now, you would talk about it whether you could show it to them or not. Absolutely, absolutely. Ah. So, did you hear, Ellen, about an ongoing trial? going on right now between rabbis here in Israel and the Louvre Museum. Did you ever hear about it? No, Aha. but I, I, I know <laughs> I'm going to hear about it now and I can't yes. wait. Yes, so uh, this, this trial was started uh, in 1999, year 2000, um, by uh, Israeli rabbis that um, started the trial because they say, they said, and they still say, because it's going on, uh, to the Louvre, listen, you have two sarcophagus, that are big stone boxes. Inside were buried two Jewish people. You, t- you France, you took those sarcophagi, because the plural is sarcophagi, you took those not, boxes. It's not sarcophaguses. No. It's sarcophagi. Sarcophagi, let's say sarcophagus, huh? to be... Uh, uh, understandable. So you took those two uh, sarcophagus from uh, Israel, you brought them to France, but this is not where they belong. They belong uh, to Israel, where they were once. And that is because in, in Judaism, it's very important that you don't move dead bodies and you don't disturb the, the tombs. Ah, that's now, what we have right now going on in the Gaza envelope. Yes. The Zaka is collecting all the pieces uh, so that all the, the, the entire body is not disturbed or collected. Um, we talked about in our previous podcast about mm-hmm. they're going to be burying some of the, the cars that were found with the, the, the skin particles and blood. Yeah. And that's in reverence, I think, the same thing you're talking about with these rabbis. Yeah we're arguing about in France. Exactly, exactly. So what are we talking about? We're talking about, um, first of all, a woman whose name was Helena, Helen, and she was the queen of a country called Adiabene. Uh, and Adiabene is where Kurdistan is today. Um, and she, this Helena, she lived in the first century. After, so that's in the first 50, 60 years after uh, the year zero. When we uh, are here in Jerusalem, it means that this is a few, about 10, 20 years before the destruction of the second temple, yeah, the temple that was built by Herod, and that will be destroyed in the year 70 by the Romans during a, a, a revolt, a Jewish revolt. Now, um, Helena uh, was the queen, she was married to the king. Now, strangely enough, her husband was in the same time her brother, this is how they did things in uh, Adiabin, I guess. His name was Mono Bazous. And Mona Bazous and Helen, they had children. 
Um, she had several children, but her youngest son was her favorite. Okay, his name was Isates. Now, Isates, you would say in American. So um, in English. In English, excuse me. Now it was decided <laughs> somehow that Isates was going to be the next king. Would his father uh, die? Okay. Now, Helena was a very intelligent woman. She realized that the other children would become very jealous. Even the, the wives of her older uh, sons would become very jealous. So she decided to send uh, Isatis away from Adiabin to protect him from, you know, that maybe that he, his older brothers would try to murder him or something. And she sent him uh, together with the whole, uh, whole court, lots of people. And one of them was uh, Hanania, who was a Jewish uh, professor, who was uh, going to teach him all, all kinds of things and also apparently Judaism. And Helena decided to take a Juda lessons in Judaism as well with another a professor called Eliazar. And then guess what happened? Uh, she decided to um, uh, to convert and to become Jewish. And so she stayed in contact with her younger son. Of course, so did her son. Her son also converted. Yeah, they so both now, converted. So uh, now Helen mm -hmm. and her son, I can't pronounce his name. Isates, Isates. They became Jews. They're Jewish, okay? Now, of course, you're Jewish, you're living in Kurdistan, what is Kurdistan today, so you want to come in to Jerusalem and visit the temple and, and live and maybe stay for a while in the country that is the, the country of Judaism, so that's what she did. She left uh, Adi Abin, she came to uh, Jerusalem. Uh, she happened to arrive in Jerusalem in a year where there was a big famine, so uh, as she was very wealthy, she bought lots and lots of food. She became one of the great uh, benefactors yeah. of uh, the Jews in the land at that time and also the temple, didn't she? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. So she fed the, the Jews so they, were, they didn't starve. And she offered two, big, uh, two very beautiful golden items to the temple. One was a chandelier that they put above the door of the temple. Um, like shiny gold so that when there was sun at a specific time in the morning it would shine on that chandelier it would give a light a ray of light and when that ray of light was on the floor then the Jews knew now we need to pray this and this prayer the Shema that had to be prayed at a certain time Shema Shema uh, she also offered a plaque. I don't. I really don't understand what it was used for. But anyway, it was a golden plaque in which was engraved a text uh, from the Torah, from the Bible, that explains what a priest should do if a woman cheats on her husband. So why did she? What What was this plaque used for? I don't know. But we know about her um, thanks to the Talmud, which Talmud, which is. Um, uh, um, rabbis who wrote the Talmud in a few hundred years after the destruction of the temple, and they did write about her. And uh, also our friend Josephus Flavius, or Flavius Josephus. Or just Josephus, like Madonna, Josephus, or yes. Cher. Right, who, Josephus. who was living in the same time. Uh, they, they were contemporaries, you say. They, they Maybe they even met, who knows. Huh? So uh, he writes about her as well. So we have two... Um, different books writing about her, and we have archaeology. Because now we make a big jump in time. Um, Helena, uh, no, we're not going to make a big jump in time, sorry. I'm going back. Helena is in Jerusalem. 
um, for a few years. She built a beautiful palace for herself. We know where it is. If you come to Jerusalem, Ellen and I can take you there. We can show you where she was living. They've excavated the palace. Yes, they excavated. Isn't it her? In fact, the palace is uh, like on the outer edge of the city of David. Yeah, in the Givati parking. Uh, where the Givati parking yeah. lot used to be. Mm-hmm. But but am I correct when there's these beautiful earrings Yes. Uh, that they found uh, in that excavation? Do yeah. those belong to her? These No, I don't think so. No? I, maybe, but okay. I don't think they connect them to her. Okay. No, no. Um, now, uh, Helena, uh, she, uh, at one point, she hears that her husband slash brother uh, dies. So um, she goes back to Adiabin. So does her youngest son. He becomes king. So the king of Adiabin yes. at that time was a Jew. Uh, her yes. son. Yes, yes. But he won't live long. So he, after a few years, he died. And then Helena died also. And then it is decided that the two uh, are going to be buried in Jerusalem. So the bodies are brought here. And they build a, a tomb for her. And we know exactly the distance from the city where it was uh, built. So north of the city, they built her tomb for her and her her son. Very beautiful, monumental uh, tomb. Very much like the other tombs uh, at this period where they carved out the caves and they had chambers. Yes, but giants. Benches. Oh, it's huge. Huge. And benches, arcosolia for the bodies to rest on. And it it was dug out of the bedrock. So you actually, to go down, you had to go down a huge staircase cut out of the rock, but like monumental. And then you would arrive at the monumental facade that looked like a palace with a door, on a moving door and with a hinge that would uh, make the door move open and close. And this is where uh, the two, uh, Helena and her son, were buried in sarcophagi, in two sarcophagus, in two big stone boxes. Um, and that was it. And now we make the jump in time. We arrive in the 1800s where um, a French archaeologist, uh, Félicien de uh, Solcy, he uh, is one of the first more serious um, uh, archaeologists. He is what we call biblical archaeologist. So he's looking for sites that you can connect uh, to the Bible. He excavated in Jericho, for instance, which is, of course, very important in the, in the Bible. And he also excavated in Jerusalem. And he stumbles upon this monumental burial with two sarcophagi inside. And then he thinks, okay, it's so beautiful, so monumental. This might be something biblical. And then he continues and he finds, the, he sees that on the um, sarcophagi there is a writing on it. It says Sadan Malkata or Sada Malkata, which means, uh, translates to our mistress, the queen. So now he, okay, Felicien said, okay, this is it. I found the royal tombs uh, that all the archaeologists have been looking for, the tombs of King David, of King Solomon, and who know, and their wives and so on. Um, He's very happy, but... Uh, what is even more uh, incredible is that inside the sarcophagi he finds bones, of course, but the bones were wrapped in um, a shroud, in a fabric that was embroidered with gold. Can you imagine? So now he's sure of it. Um, Now, the Jews of Jerusalem, they are very upset because you don't disturb 
a tomb of a Jew like that. You cannot do it. So they protest. They're very angry. So what does Felicien do? Secretly, he removes the sarcophagi, takes them with him to France. End of the story. That's it. Those French. Yes. Now, um, in, in the meantime... Uh, we have, from the 1800s until today, we have now learned that this tomb was not the tomb of King Solomon, neither uh, the king of, uh, of uh, the tomb of King David, but it was actually the tomb of Helena. Malkata, the queen, we're talking about Helena, because it, it's, it's very clear that it is exactly the place where it is described that her tomb was, uh, was built. Um, and that is why there is again a, um, uh, a trial uh, between France and rabbis here in Israel that want the tomb to come back. They're still, are they still trying to bring it back? Yeah, the, the, it's an ongoing trial. Now, can you see the tombs? Uh, so, I mean, not the tombs. Can you see the, the, sarcophagi? the sarcophagi? Yeah, so when you go to the Louvre, um, uh, they were part of the usual exhibition. So the regular exhibition. So, you know, you go to the, a room that is about that uh, part of the country that's uh, air time of the of the of the history, and then the sarcophagi were there because they were in very good shape, and it's an amazing story. But since these rabbis in the, in the year 1999 started a new trial against the the, the the Louvre, saying we want the sarcophagi back in Israel, uh, the Louvre has gradually taken the tombs away. So that's you know because now it's a it's a source of dispute. So sometimes they are shown and sometimes they are not on. on on display, it depends. And also the room in which they are is often closed. So that's another problem. So sometimes they're on display, but you cannot enter the room because they say we need, uh, we don't have enough guards. So uh, that adds to the mystery. It's, uh, that's fascinating. I knew, I know the story of Helen Adia, man. I didn't know the, the French uh, connection, so mm-hmm. that's fascinating. Uh, now I can't wait to go to France and, uh, and kind of continue the story because here, of course, when you go with a guide, if you want to see the tombs, uh, see the area where the sarf- sarcophagi were taken from, you can see them. And they're still actually referred to as the Tomb of the Kings. Yes. Okay, they're still referring to King uh, David and perhaps Solomon. Um, but we now know that they're not, the, in fact, the king of the tombs. But you can see these beautiful carved out tombs and the hinges and the doors and the, the lentil with the inscription that Leontine talked about. When you walk out of the uh, Damascus Gate, coming from the old city, heading north along Nablus Road, you keep walking until you come to, you'll see a French flag. Yeah. Because uh, the French still control the, the area. Yeah. It's yeah. under, is it a monastery there? Or what do, what do they have no, there? No, the, nothing. You, there's just a wall and you go, you have to buy a ticket actually. Yeah. So it's only open once a week, uh, once or twice a week and only uh, or like for an hour. You, you have to pay. Uh, five shekels, maybe ten shekels, and then uh, there's a guide, so <laughs> a guard with a table and yeah, a chair yeah. who takes the money, and then you go down these monumental stairs, and then you—that's it, and that's it. There's nothing else. Yeah, it's quite—it's quite, it's quite uh, a special place to see because yeah. the the tombs are incredibly beautiful. Um, what I remember most, because I've been during COVID, I went several times mm-hmm. um, because they they were closed. Remember when we were in the tour guide course, yeah. we could not go visit the tombs because there was a dispute 
between uh, the rabbis uh, and France. Right. Yes. And then France decided to, they either resolved the dispute or France decided to reopen the, the site and then we could go to the site. But the problem with the site is sometimes they, they, they're very strict because sometimes Jews, there are many uh, religious Jews that still mm-hmm. uh, haven't let go of the idea that that could be the tomb of the kings. We know it's not the tomb of the kings. Right. But it could be. It could have been the tomb of David. And if so, it's it's holy to some people. And, and people do go and treat it as a religious yeah. um, site. But it's very cool. A very cool part of a tour um, out on the northern side of the old city. It is. I, I recommend it um, highly. Yeah. And that was fascinating, uh, Leontine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you talk about, um, I just want to give a shout out because you were talking about King, Queen uh, Helen, Helena. Yeah. Um, and I I forgot that um, that Adi Abain is what is Kurdistan of today. So it it reminds me this past week uh, about my my guy. Idan Ahmedi. Ah, yes. Idan Ahmedi is, uh, of course, I talked about him, I think, in the last podcast. He's a singer, an actor. He played in Fauda and a soldier. He actually commanded a, a, a platoon in, in Gaza and was seriously injured. And um, in fact, he was so injured, he was burnt beyond recognition. He had shrapnel in his body. Now he came out of the hospital um, this past week. And why do I connect him to the story of Queen Helena of Adi Abain? Because he's Kurdish. He's, yeah. uh, he's from, his family is from Kurdistan. Uh, but he's a wonderful man. He, right now he's, he's a tremendous role model and a tremendous spokesman for Israel. He came out, uh, he, he was released from the hospital this week and he gave a, a wonderful press conference uh, talking about the war, talking about his his soldiers that he commands. Mm. In fact, two of his very close friends and the soldiers under his command were killed. Mm. Um, yes, and he said that one of them was actually advising him how to be a good commander. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. very moving. Yeah. And at the end of his his talk, he says, and I, and it's just, it's so beautiful because it's so, our young people right now, he came out and said, look, I, I, I'm injured, I'm battered, I'm bruised, but I'm going to be okay. Um, and I'm going to sing again. And I'm going to uh, act again. And um, he said if, if, uh, if he's able, he's going to go back and command his soldiers again. Mm. Um, and, uh, and like I said, he's my guy. He got me through the tour guide course because of his music. And uh, it's just an incredible story. And he's Kurdish, just like uh, Queen Elena. Helena, maybe, yeah. maybe a descendant from her family. That's why we say... Uh, we wouldn't mind him as our our president or prime minister uh, king. <laughs> yes, Idana Medi for prime minister. <laughs> right. Okay. So, um, Ellen, I wish you a very good week, and we'll see each other next week. Yep. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Yala Israel. Send your questions by email at yalaisraelpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at yalaisraelpodcast. This podcast was made possible with the help of Leia Kramer, our editor, Elliot Musses, our musician, and Shai Aloni, our cover art designer. <laughs>